you ready? Yeah. Alright. Texas Prison Stories family, thank you so much. We have a special episode right here with Mr. Lee A. Larry where we're going to talk a little bit prison gang history in the state of Texas. Uh, Mr. Larry served 42 years starting in 1975. Uh, about 80% of his life probably at least. Mr. Larry, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Mr. Larry, I'm just going to straight up ask you, man. Uh, what prison gang do you belong to? I don't, bring, I don't belong to no prison gang. You mean you did 42 years in prison with no gang? Yeah, when I first went to prison, there was no such thing as a gang. It was every man for himself. All the fades were head up. You mean there was no prison gangs when you went? No prison gangs. Well, how would a man, uh, when a man came in, did you just hang around with Dallas or hang around with Houston or did he hang with everybody? You hung with everybody because it was, uh, they mostly went by homeboys. If you from Dallas, you sitting in the day room, most likely going to be sitting over there with Dallas guys. Right. Because it was segregated. So you're going to be talking to the black dudes from Dallas or the Hispanics from Dallas. So, uh, when, when those days during the building tender system, was it even possible to have a gang? You know, if they got wind of you as any type of gang or organization... Uh, you was trying to be just a group of inmates. They just beat the hell out of the whole group. They just mashed the whole group whole down. Group. Separate y'all, probably ship y'all off, huh? Yeah, that's right. They, then when you get to your other prison, they beat your ass again. They didn't allow no type of rat pack mentality. They didn't, Texas did not lie. When did that change, Mr. Dare? Changed around uh, 83 and 84 when Bill and Sonny was on their way out the door. With the Ruiz situation yeah. and everything that's like when, that? That's when it changed. When, uh... What is the first Texas prison gang you remember? First prison gang I remember was is uh, T.S. Texas Syndicate. Texas Syndicate. And they have a long history too. Uh, where were you at when you first seen the Texas Syndicate? Uh, I was at Darrington Unit. Darrington near Houston, huh? Yes. Oh, uh, when when you showed up at Darrington, were they already there? Or you watched yes, them. They were start? already there. They're already there. How did they? How did they? Uh, how did your black brothers? Describe that to you. Really, uh, Texas was just getting rid of building tunnels, and guys still was thinking with the mentality of everything is solved through head up phase. They weren't ready for you're gonna get stabbed by three guys. That wasn't the attitude in Texas. It was still man on man. Still man to man. So basically, if you if you bothered some guy in a prison gang, he was coming to take care of you himself, not the whole gang. Not the whole gang. All right, I want to ask you this one, though. When they, when you first seen T.S., were they making a bunch of money doing stuff? Were they, were they like, actually benefiting out of this, or they were just a bunch of guys hanging around? Uh, they were making money. Cause one of the guys who was the founders of T.S. in Texas, uh, I ain't gonna, I just, I'm going to give his uh, nickname, which is Popeye. Uh, he was back there in lockup. He had killed two guys on Darrington. He had him in lockup. And I would... Uh, Different uh, TS members give me weed to smuggle back there to him. And I'd go back and talk to him sometime. So you actually knew the guy that started the TS in Texas? Yes. yes. Mr. Popeye? Popeye. How'd he treat you? Treat me good. You bringing the packs, huh? Yeah. I need gonna love you. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, what what year did you see the Mexican Mafia come? That We are knowing Texas, the Texas Syndicate and the Mexican Mafia were the two enemies that were notorious, so... What year did the Emmy come? That was 84. I was on the Retrieve unit. On Retrieve? Yes. And we know that's a pretty small unit, so that's part of uh, 
personal when you start a gang up on something small like that. How many of those guys were over there? Retrieve had a lot of Hispanics. And a lot of guys was over there from San Antonio. And they're the ones that started it, right? The ones who started. And uh, Texas Syndicate, what were they mostly out of? Man, they were out of the other cities and stuff? Because Popeye's from... Popeye's from Austin. He from Austin? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them in the valley, a lot of places, you know what I mean? There's... Excuse me, there's usually only one or the other wherever they're at, though. You know what I mean? They're pretty serious. Okay, oh. So that was both. They both formed in about 84 then, right? About the same old time? Yeah, I believe T.S. was a little bit in the front of them. Because Popeye already had caught two bodies behind T.S. He'd already put his work in and stuff? Okay, and uh, what year did you see? I I believe 84. Did you see the Aaron Brotherhood when they started in 84? Yeah, a lot of those uh, older guys, they were at the Retrieve Unit. Uh, Retrieve really was a headquarters for a lot of gangs because it was guys over there. It's predominant unit had life sentences on it. Oh, so Retrieve was calling the shots. Wow, that middle-ass prison was calling the shots, huh? That's how it always goes, man. That's awesome. So you got to see some wild stuff. Oh, I believe we know that they started on Ellis 1 back then. And then how long did it take the Texas Aryan Brotherhood to spread around the system? It didn't take long because back then you could write other inmates' letters. Oh, you could still communicate? Yeah, they hadn't stopped it. Were they actually writing each other, telling them about what we're doing? Started over there? Oh, they were. Oh, wow. So that was so dangerous back then. You could still communicate. I I got you. Okay, well, listen, Mr. Larry, we have something in Texas, man, that deserves extreme respect that they don't know about anywhere. Tell them what our black prison gang was, the originals. The original was uh, Mandingo Warriors. The Mandingo Warriors. What year did they start? Uh, They started around 83, 84. About the same time. So when the building tenders left, it was a mad dash for power. And everybody started moving. It was a power vacuum. So everybody trying to fill fill that void. Did you ever know any of the original Mandingos? Yes, I knew all of them. Knew all of them? How were they? How did they, listen, I I, I apologize about them. How were they to the other black inmates that were not Mandingos? Yeah, they were feared. Because most of these guys who were Mandingo warriors is some guys who known to get out there. If you, you wanted drama, they're going to bring you drama. Now, all these guys done banded up, and you it's, it's a no-win situation. You're not going to win. So you better just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. They're still like that right now. Hey, listen, in this system, when you left, how would you say the Mandingo State is, man? Because they're spread out right now. Well, they watered down now. Those guys got old. A lot of them went home, changed their life. They don't pick up too many youngsters anymore. No, they don't, do they? they don't want no young guys. No, they don't want young guys. So, basically, man, uh, we're not, we're not going to say too much about Mandingo Warriors. We respect them. But, yeah, nowadays the system has watered them down. But there's still a lot of real killers out here and real men. You know what I mean? Uh, when I was on Beto, my neighbor was Mandingo Warrior. He was legit, man. Uh, let me ask you something this. Aryan Circle, when the white boys started coming to fight the other white boys, did you see that happen? Yes. When did that happen? About the 90s, maybe? Oh, Aaron Circle happened when I was at Darrington. One of the guys who started uh, Aaron Circle, his name is Marty Song. He's a Jew. Seen funny? He's a Are Jew. Are you serious? He, yeah, he in the Aaron game. Wow. Now, me and him was cool as fuck. Really? He used to talk all the time. He had caught two bodies. I was chilling the person a little bit, but yeah. Oh, uh, so he caught two bodies already, too. Listen, when he started Aaron Circle, was he Aaron, brother? No, he just Aaron Circle. He was just starting something new then. He didn't switch over or nothing. No. 
with American brothers trying to get them? Or were they respecting that? You ain't, you ain't want to mess with Marty. He ain't trying to hear nothing you talking about. For real about. talk, that was like that. He don't want to hear nothing you talking about. So the man that started it, that's why they they, they went around him then. That's how it always is. Me and him next door neighbors and said, man, we used to stay at the bars, talk all, we ride all night long, just talking. Mr. Larry and the man that started there in circle are buddies, y'all. That's how it goes, man. Listen, it's not what y'all think, man. He just told y'all in one of the other videos that they would pass cups and cigarettes around, man. That's just... Black, white, and Hispanics drink out of the same cup. Well, Texas didn't have all that racial bullshit. Oh, that's pretty smoke crazy. Smoke the same damn cigarette. You light a cigarette, everybody's smoking. Mr. Larry, let's fast forward a little bit now because the situation that's going on now is pretty much what I know about. Uh, what year approximately did Texas make the decision to start locking up these gangs? They started that in 84. Texas did not have an ADC. They actually started trying to lock them up in 84? They did. They did a system-wide lockdown. They locked the whole Texas, all the units down and went and rounded up all gang members and put them in Ad Seed. Wow. Texas inmate was not used to being locked up. We were used to the old solitary. You do 15 days and you get out. No, it was a new game. You're going to stay in that seed for years. And what do they call that? That indeterminate, right? And we, every every seed term in Texas is indeterminate. You don't, you don't know when you're going to get out, no matter what you go in for. Can you explain to the Mr. Larry uh, level 3, 2, and 1 seeds and tell them what you've done before? Are the level 3... You go in or you don't have anything. It's a Bible. One tube, toothpaste, a toothbrush. No deodorant. No nothing. They don't give you a dessert on your tray. You don't get no punch. You don't get none of that stuff. Uh, what do you eat? You get a regular tray, but they don't have dessert on you it. You get a regular tray, okay. You get to come out of your cell three times a week to go to Rick. That's level three. That's level three. How do you get to level two? Uh, by not catching no cases. Six months. No, they, they dropped it all the way down to 30 days. It used to be you was going to be over there six months, 90 days to six months. Okay, cool. 30 days ain't too bad. They man. changed to 30 so days. So level two, what's it like? Level two, you get to make commissary. Not buy commissary good, but you can buy hygiene stamps and all that stuff. And they give you some of your property, but they don't give you your radio, your typewriter and all that. You don't get that. Right. Sitting in the same thing, stay out of trouble, you make it to level one, say. What's level one say? Like? Level one say you go to commissary, spend $60 every two weeks, and you get all your personal property, you go to rec every day. Okay, listen, and uh, you single sale. And this is indeterminate for the rest of your life, maybe. Yeah, all guys in SEG are single sale in Texas. And Mr. Larry, we need to explain a little something that's in detail. So you mean to tell me that in the state of Texas, all prison gang members are where? ASC. All of them. All of them. Locked down constantly. That's right. See, folks, if you want to join a prison gang in Texas and they catch you, your life is over. So don't do it. Uh, okay, so listen, uh, we do know in the 90s now, we had these young guys coming out of, these young Hispanic guys coming out of Dallas, Austin, Houston, and Fort Worth, Mr. Larry, and they were, I guess, tired of these prison gangs also, too, and they started some stuff that, uh, Tongo Blast type thing, okay, but they, what the story I've heard always is that the Mexicans from Houston first stood up, and they started fighting Mexican Mafia and TS, and then the other guys joined them. Is that really how it happened? No. What happened? These guys got saved way back in 84. So they started the game because they ain't got competition. If T.S., 
and Mexican Mafia still was in general population. You would not form no other gang because all those guys, they had some killers for real. All that shit Tongo Blast, you all that little fighting shit they do, they wouldn't stand a chance against T.S. T.S. would kill the shit out of them, every one of them. They, they were, wouldn't stand a chance. They were playing with knives, right? They playing with knives. They playing murder and you playing bullshit. Right. You know, so that's just how it is, y'all. It's just, that's one man's opinion, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to see it from the inside looking out or the outside looking in, man. You know, uh. Are there any type of prison gangs that nobody's ever heard of that you want to tell somebody just kind of just know? They got kind of a lot of little offshoots. They keep everything on the low low because all Texas maximum security prison got gang officers. Call them GIs. And uh, if they get wind of you in any type of gang or you get in a fight and three guys attack one guy, first thing they're going to do is start investigating what organization these guys with. And they find out you're in an organization you is ad seg bound or high security. That guys from California be talking about Pelican Bay. Texas got four Pelican Bays. We got they call them high securities. He got four. Of them. Hold on, yeah, listen. You told me, and I, I I noticed the the company that actually built Pelican Bay built four of them in Texas too. That's correct. So we have four Pelican Bays here. What's their names? Do you know all four names? Uh, they got Estelle High Security. Uh, they got All Ridge Unit High Security. They got Bill Clements Unit High Security, and they got uh, Smith Unit High Security. They got four. Yeah, shout out to my brother, man. Rest in peace, Scarface. He just died last year on Bill Clements High Security, y'all. It's no joke over there, man. I lost my brother on High Security. Uh, Mr. Larry, there's one thing too, and we'll get rid of. We'll close this kind of. Tell them what G3 is in Texas. G3 is guys who got 50 years and above who haven't served 10 years on their sentence. You classified as a G3. All you guys must live on the same cell block together. Okay, and I'm going to explain what that means for us, the other guys. Okay, as I sat on Beto, I sat on K-Wing, Mr. Larry. First wing as you get to the, to the north side. High security G3 was way down there like you or somewhere. You know, you couldn't even see him, couldn't talk to him. Every time we had some type of shit, some problem, some kite coming, it was always from that wing. Hey, y'all, we got, they did, did something to us, y'all got to do, you know what I'm saying? It's that, those wings are unbelievable. They just cause the problems, man, you know what I mean? Like, uh, did you start on something like that? No, they didn't have no such thing. They didn't even have a classification system when I came to prison. So it was just nothing like that, huh? No, the warden or the building tunnel signed you to a cell block, and that was the end of that. Sign you to a, a work squad out in the field. That's it. Cool, cool. All right. Well, Mr. Larry, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, you're going to get a lot of respect and a lot of shout-outs, man. Listen, y'all, in these comments, y'all get in these comments, man, and tell me, do you think you could do 40 years for, in prison without a gang? <laughs> like, some of these guys can't do four years without a gang. Seriously. Mr. Larry, last thing I'm going to ask you. What is your longest stretch you ever did in the hole? Uh, I did uh, nine years and eight months. What? Nine years and eight months. In the hole? Yes. Single cell? Single cell. My God. Hold on, man. There's guys out here with these famous channels that haven't even did that long in population. And you did it in the hole? Yeah, I know. That's why I don't even respect them as being, to me, they ain't got convict status. He ain't did convict time. 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta earn that status, right? And I don't have that, hey folks. I don't have that status. I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna sit here in front. Mr. Larry would not call me that right in my face. He told me I'm not a convict, and I had to agree. There's just ain't no way I could qualify that man. And salute to you. How did nine years, eight months? Did you go crazy? Did you come out rubbing doodle on your face and all this stuff? Uh, you know what? It really didn't bother me. I had plenty of books to read. I had newspapers. Uh, we gamble on sports, play chess with other guys. We go to wreck every day. It really didn't bother me that bad. So you might might was a little break then, wasn't it? Yes, it was a break from the monotony of prison life. I looked at prison as no matter what part of the prison I'm in, I'm still in prison. Well, I was in solitary confinement or G1 or G2, all that shit was all psychological. It didn't mean nothing. I didn't even care. I wasn't going home, so it didn't mean shit. Did you really feel like you weren't going home? Yeah, one time in parole, I got denied parole 26 times. I said, like, fuck this parole. I stopped even worrying about it. You got denied parole 26 times? 26 times. times. My God. Listen, 26 mental blows. That's unbelievable. Thank you, Mr. Larry. We love you, man. Uh, listen, y'all. Islam demystified. Mr. Lee A. Larry, 42 years on the inside, y'all. He's a Ph.D. doctor. This is Dr. Larry. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Thank <laughs> you.